in the beginning of COVID in terms of truck numbers uh, with us losing the restaurant trade. You know, we estimated that we probably lost 50% of our business, you know, but, you know, we've made those changes to weather the storm. We have to weather the storm. Today, the Healthy Bronx podcast is joined by special guest Philip Grant, the general manager of the Hunts Point Produce Market, one of the largest, and by some metrics, the largest produce market in the world. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Alexander Levine. All right, so we are live here with Philip Grant from the Hunts Point Produce Market. Uh, Philip, thank you so much for coming on the Healthy Bronx podcast today. And can you kind of introduce what is the Hunts Point Produce Market? Uh, Sure, sure, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for having us. On behalf of the entire Hunts Point Market here, myself, the board, and our PR committee, I would like to say thank you. We're honored that you're having us here today. So let me tell you a little bit about us. Uh, The Hunts Point Produce Market, we're the largest uh, produce market in the world. We serve about 22 million people within a 50-mile radius. Uh, we've been on this site uh, since 1967. However, we have roots going back uh, since the early 18, 18th uh, century uh, uh, down in Manhattan. So we've, uh, we've been here for a good while. Um, the folks that run the market or the, uh, the cooperators uh, span back four generations. Uh, so we are an integral part of the uh, food supply chain for New York City. And so you said they the a lot of the folks who who are uh, like own produce stalls and and are, are part of your uh, work at the produce market have date back generations. Can you speak mm-hmm. a little bit to the kind of legacy of family owned businesses that are that are at the Hunts Point Produce Market? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we have about thirty merchants with uh, fourth uh, generation roots, and they have been here. Uh, you know, as, as as I've said before. You know, the, the market, we have roughly two to 3,000 direct jobs and indirect jobs completely about 10,000. So they've, you know, been here for about 200 years, you know, experience going back. What, what would you say makes the Hunts Point produce market unique nationally? I imagine there are other large produce markets throughout the country. What is kind of what makes your market unique in, in your eyes, Philip? In my eyes, from the operations side, looking into uh, the wonderful work that the, the businesses do, I would say that just the market aspect, you know, the market functions as a distribution center for food, it functions as a regular market. Uh, you and I could come in on a day-to-day basis and buy produce. And, uh, the, our cooperators also have their own delivery business. So we have multiple facets uh, the, from, our, from the street vendors, everyone's shops, yeah, the diversity. Uh, is what makes this market unique and, and, and one of the reasons why we're still here. And so can you, like what kind of businesses directly are, are getting food from you? Like can it consume, like can, can I go in and buy food or is it, or is it like, a, like are they small businesses? What does that look like? Uh, absolutely. You and I could come in and buy food, but the only thing we have to buy in bulk Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to be able to eat 100 apples. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but yeah, the, the, the common consumer could come in uh, from the uh, street vendors. Street vendors do come in from the Whole Foods to the Wegmans. They all shop here. We like to say, if you have a piece of produce on your plate, uh, within the 50 mile radius, it, it most likely came from the Hunts Point Produce Market. And is that, that's, so that's like, it's not just, it's supplying New York City, New York State, and also neighboring states with, with food. Is that, is that correct? 
So uh, we like to, we also like to say we go as far north as Maine, as far south as Florida, and as far west as uh, Chicago. So, you know, okay. so we do, you know, um, yeah, so we do have a, a broad span. And, and Hunts Point ha- is, you know, there's the produce market, which is the, um, the organization that, that you are uh, in charge of, of helping to lead. And then there's also at Hunts Point, there's a nexus of other food resources. Um, can you speak to those and kind of where you guys sit within that framework? Sure, sure. So on the peninsula, there is, so we are produce. Also on the peninsula, we have uh, the meat market, the fish market. And uh, some, uh, and also private merchants such as uh, Baldors. We're all a part. Of, we're all one big uh, food distribution hub right here in Hunts Point, and we're you know a piece of it as the produce market. Okay. Um, and now, uh, what about you as as the general manager of the market? Like, what does your day to day look like? What are your responsibilities, and and how do you work with uh, vendors and also um, uh, suppliers at the market? Like, like what is what does your work look like? Absolutely. Uh, I report directly to the uh, Hunts Point board uh, on a day-to-day basis. I like to say my job here in operations is to keep their businesses uh, flowing. The $2.2 billion plus dollars worth of uh, produce that are the 210 uh, million pounds of produce that comes through here on an annual basis. It's just to keep the market going. So we have a team of, uh, I'd like to say we're a small town. You know, we're, we're, we sit on 112 acres. We have, I have um, a, a team of 110, uh, which includes maintenance, janitorial, an accounting team that collects revenue, that funds our operations, a public safety team that, you know, keep the market going 24-7. We never closed, not even on the, uh, the, the largest snowstorm, this market is open. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, Primarily on a day-to-day basis to keep the food supply strong, keep the operations going, and alongside keeping that going in, a, in an aging facility, because uh, we've been we've been here since 1967. It's the the, the the overall capital planning. You know, what do we need to prepare? What do we need to maintain? What does the next 10 year look looks like uh, to continue this for the uh, the, the, uh, the folks the food supply? And so, what what? What does the next 10 years look like for you guys? Ten, the next, well, the next 10 years uh, for us, uh, I like to tell folks, uh, we'll like to be here for another 200. We plan to be here for 200 plus, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, we've, uh, this is our home. It's, uh, you know, it's a strategic location for us, the market. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's uh, various uh, market forces, COVID and, and so forth, but we do plan to weather the storm. So part of our strategic plan here as a market and me in operations is to look at how we could do things uh, efficiently uh, mm-hmm. to, to weather the storm. And, and so during COVID-19, since last March or even a little earlier, how how have you guys weathered the storm? What's your work look like? And what have some of those those challenges been like? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, since early March, we, we, we took a, a strategic push uh, in uh, late March um, to start handing out masks and gloves right at the, the front uh, start of the pan- pandemic because we knew how integral we were. Uh, if, if anything we have learned is how important this market is to the food supply. So we wanted to make sure that the 
the, the businesses stay open and we have there was there was there wasn't a choice we had to be open and and, and so far we have you know we have weathered the storm so what does that look like on a day-to-day basis uh, filtering all the information coming in regarding covid following all the cdc guidelines uh, communicating with the uh, merchants communicating with the almost 2000 plus employees that come to this facility daily plus the the uh, the uh, merchants are, are, are businesses that come into the market, the other indirect jobs. So the idea was just to keep our, and also to keep our staff uh, safe. Now, without our people, there's no market, you know, so we, we upped our cleaning, uh, uh, sanitizing. We upped, uh, as I said before, we had uh, masks, gloves, social distancing, and just being vigilant. Our, 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 our cooperators also did the same. They, they installed uh, separation barriers. We adjusted our times. You know, uh, the market closes a little early. So this way we could really focus on cleaning and getting right, you know, getting back around. Uh, folks that could work from home, they have worked from home. And uh, even, even now we are on a staggered uh, shift mm-hmm. in terms of just trying to keep our people uh, healthy. And, and, and keeping this uh, market open, so it's it's it's. So what what does that look like uh, since last year to now? It's just trying to filter the information, making sure that we're getting the right information to our uh, merchants and to uh, the folks that work for us uh, to keep this uh, place going. That also included uh, reporting on a daily basis uh, basis uh, earlier on to our city partners. What's going on? You know, I think very early on in April, folks thought. Would the food supply uh, come to a stop? And mm-hmm. every day we reported in. Yes, we did take a hit uh, in the beginning of COVID in terms of truck numbers uh, with us losing the restaurant trade. You know, we estimated that we probably lost 50% of our business. Wow. You know, but, you know, we've made those changes to weather the storm. We have to weather the storm. And and have you still, uh, you, you, you like continually, you've, you've operated with 50% less business? Because of things like restaurant closures, correct. I, I, now it, it's a uh, with the restaurants opening back up. It, you mm-hmm. know, it's somewhat averaged out, but we're still taking a we're still taking a loss. We you could you know we could see it on a daily basis. We monitor the truck traffic coming in, mm-hmm. and we could tell you know when you know we're we're having a um, a tough time. So, so then what do you, like, how do you weather that storm as, as the general manager, what does that look like in terms of making things work financially and ensuring that there's still food? I mean, is, are there, are there particular government programs that have helped you guys at all? Like in terms of ensuring that you stay open, what, what does that look like? Well, uh, the city's our landlord and uh, we're a private business. So we, 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 we pay rent to the city, but the city has, they, they've been good landlords. And, uh, you know, we've, we've worked, they've worked um, uh, closely with us to, you know, ensure that we, in terms, as, as it comes regarding rent payments, you know, uh, to strategically, uh, you know, push rent payments to keep us uh, uh, open. So, uh, yes, in terms of to answer your questions directly, no, there's no direct program to help us with uh, our expenses. Mm-hmm. And, just masks and gloves and cleaning alone, uh, we're probably close to $3 million worth of expenses going into that. So uh, how, how do we keep, on my end, to answer your direct question, how do we keep this operation going with these unplanned expenses? So on this end, it's just whatever maintenance items that we could 
uh, push. We push, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we could do without, we've done without, without, um, without impact and safety and the safety of our workers. Uh, so we've strategically managed our cash flow based on that. And we try to do a lot of uh, work in-house, you know. And when you say you've done a lot of work in-house, can you explain what that means? Oh, sure. Uh, maintenance, uh, janitorial, the cleaning. And earlier on, when, when COVID hit, we, we looked at multiple scenarios uh, in terms of how do we clean this facility? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what happens if something, uh, you know, we have a case and we have to get right back into business. So we went through multiple scenarios and we really focused on keeping our staff safe, masks, gloves, all the, uh, the proper PPEs mm-hmm. to, uh, to keep this facility uh, running. And to date, that has worked for us, and we continue to do, do those same measures now. Because because food supply is obviously integral to the health of the city. Have you were you guys working directly with health professionals, or was it all like trying to read and, and understand things coming out of the CDC or Department of Health on your own? Or have you do you work directly with any particular health uh, professionals? Uh, no, it was just uh, basically monitoring the, the the guidelines that come out. We do have consultants that we work with, but they're not health uh, consultants. But, you know, uh, uh, it's really just really us filtering the information and just really going with the, the, the strictest guidelines that um, that were out there. You know? mm-hmm. And and how has the would you say the pandemics changed the way you think about like you talked about how your kind of your role is forward looking, you're thinking about the future for Hunts Point Produce Market. Has the pandemic changed the way you're thinking about the next 10 years and and sort of from a strategic point of view, uh, h- how has it influenced your thinking? Uh, that's a very, very good question, Alex. Uh, for us, uh, has it changed? Uh, I think for us, it's all we're always forward-looking, uh, forward-thinking. I think one thing it does um, say for us here at the market is that our contingency, our, our business continuity plan does work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've always had some sort of plan in place. Uh, even myself here would be um, just immediately we put our business continuity plan to work, meaning cross-training employees. So it shows that uh, whatever uh, obstacles or, or challenges that come up, we do have the resources and the capabilities here to, to weather uh, the storm or, or, or continue to work to weather the storm. So from, from the operations side, you know, I look at it as a uh, business study, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. it, it came to us, we implemented the plan, and and the plan has has been working. You know, but the the key thing on my end is, you know, when the plan's working, you, you always have to test the plan and look at it at different areas to make sure that you're not getting um, complacent. You want to make mm-hmm. sure the information is ready because not all plans work for every scenario. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's uh, for me on the operations side, it was, it was a good business test and mm-hmm. uh, we weathered it. So uh, that, that goes to show that, you know, the plan works. And mm-hmm. So I, if I, if I read your bio correctly, I believe, you, are you from New York? I am from New York. I am uh, Jamaican by birth, but okay. I'm, uh, I'm a New Yorker for over two, <laughs> two decades. Okay. So you've been in New York for a long time. Yeah. And, long time. and are you, you, you live in the city, correct? I live in the city. I live in Yonkers, New York. Okay, you live in the Yonkers, but so you know when we talk about um, Bronx, Yonkers as well, um, the kind of Bronx County and 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 also other parts of, of New York City in the last year, 
uh, issues around food security have been have been a large, uh, I think have been probably in some ways received more attention and awareness than they than they ever have. Maybe those issues have have existed for a long time, like they've always been there, but they were they seem to be um, exacerbated by the pandemic as vulnerable populations are maybe less comfortable going shopping. Or you said that like your less people are actually buying food from a large uh, produce market. How has Hunts Point Produce Market bonded to issues around food insecurity, or do you see yourself as as sort of part of the solution, or um, how do you think about that as an issue and your work? Yeah. Uh, very early on, we you know, we saw uh, we saw the need, you know, definitely the need. Mm-hmm. Uh, started in March, we started uh, our our donations have upticked. Uh, I would say probably upwards of thirty percent. We um, not not only from the market management end, we do do donations uh, via our cooperative, mm-hmm. uh, via uh, market management operations, but the cooperatives also do their own donations. Mm-hmm. And I remembered earlier on uh, during COVID. Uh, and sorry, just um, the cooperatives are like people who are who are selling uh, produce within your within the Hunts Point Produce Market. Or better put, our, merch, our merchants. Your merchants, merchants right? Our, your merchants. Our, our merchants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of our merchants. Uh, you know, within a given month at over 20 donation events, mm-hmm. physical. For us, we, you know, as I said, we, we increased about 30%. Uh, and we also adjusted our strategy during November. Normally we would do one event a year and, you know, uh, feed about, you know, over a thousand families, but we decided to go across the five boroughs and we did a week of giving uh, during Thanksgiving, we went, uh, you know, to all boroughs and, and probably mm-hmm. told them well over 10 events. We did multiple events in different boroughs. And you definitely see the need. Mm-hmm. You see the lines, you see the, uh, you know, folks there. We wanted them. One of the things, one a part of our strategy is we wanted to be engaged and be a part of this. You know, uh, we wanted to be an, a, an active partner. We were there, you know, with the team here. Every event, you know, we we're there right there with all the uh, volunteers working alongside them. And we definitely saw the need. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and do you see, you know, ensuring that uh, people in the Bronx and greater New York area have access to healthy food. It seems like one way to make that more possible is being really thoughtful about minimizing food waste is, mm-hmm. is like, how do you guys approach that as an, yeah. as an issue with such large volumes of produce in your market? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the the stuff that would go to waste, we do donate, you know, uh, you know, through feeding Westchester or certain organizations such as that. Mm-hmm. So that you know, you know, and and in turn, those that then goes back out to the community. But also separately from that donation, we also do our own individual uh, donations. And do you, are there sp- specific partnerships with organizations in the Bronx um, that you guys participate in? Uh, correct. We, you know, we work closely with, uh, you know, with, with our state senator, with our uh, city council members, uh, um, local churches here in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, yes, uh, we, we've done a lot of partnership and, and similar when we went across the boroughs, we were either partnering with uh, um, uh, a city partner or a local uh, uh, entity that was based in that borough. As a as a distribution center, there's obviously like. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of volume of food has to be moved through uh, truck transit and mm-hmm. um, and freight. And so, 
how have you guys, how has the Hunts Point produce market worked to be uh, greener or, or reduce emissions? We're working closely with our city partners and uh, our partners in general. And we're looking into, uh, you know, um, battery powered trailers. We also have a, uh, uh, some of our trailers already hooked into the electric grid to, to reduce emissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, and then another unique t- thing here with the uh, market is that we do, not only do we have truck, we also have rail. So we do take rail um, uh, traffic into the market, a rail cars into the market on a, on sometimes on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are some of the, uh, some of the things that make this market unique. So more rail, I, I having rail traffic come in takes less trucks off the, uh, uh, the road. So those are some of the things that we're looking into. Um, you know? And you, you have, you have rail now or, and you're looking to increase it. Is that what you're saying? We, we have rail now. Uh, we would like to increase it, but uh, you know, uh, you know, that, that's that's dependent on multiple factors, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, federal and so forth. But we do, we have, we've always had rail since uh, this facility opened up in uh, 1967. Every, bu- every building here has the, the ability to have rail. We also have a, a new uh, uh, rail to truck platform in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. So we normally take, uh, we call them hardware, we, uh, onions, potatoes that, mm-hmm. that would come in that could, you know, last the journey. Mm-hmm. here into the market, a seven to eight day journey here into the market. So we do, we've always uh, taken rail. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think currently we probably have re- average 70 to 100 rail cars uh, uh, monthly, you know, uh, in, a given, in, a, in a given month. Yeah, we would like for it to be more, but it's, you know, that's what it is for now. Mm-hmm. And when you say the, like, be- before you said like the city is your landlord and you guys are working directly with the city. Can you speak a little bit more to what that relationship looks like? Sure, sure. So prior to so the cities are so prior to my role here as general manager, I worked for the New York City Economic Development Corp um, as the landlord representative. So the city, uh, we work closely with the city uh, to um, execute our capital plan. And uh, previous to here, the uh, part of the capital plan was upgrading the rail here in the market. Uh, part of the capital plan was also upgrading the uh, uh, rail to truck platform and the uh, uh, on property as well. So yes, uh, not only do we, uh, as I said, the city's our landlord, but in, in order to execute our capital plan, we have to work very closely with the city. And that capital plan looks at uh, upgrading the building, uh, future upgrades to whether it's uh, upgrades to the electrical grid or, or so forth. So we're working, we have to work closely with the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I guess even even more locally, uh, what are your interactions with like the local Bronx food system? So that could be working, like, do you have any work with uh, community gardens or I, I know there's there's like a few hydroponic farms now in the Bronx or, or with bakeries, caterers, uh, the schools? Are there any particular programs that you guys have going with with any of those uh, um, like organizations or actors? Currently, on the market management end, we're working to adjust our strategies to build around that. You know, um, mm-hmm. most recently uh, this week, we've met with uh, uh, an organization that works on community fridges. You know, so mm-hmm. we're looking to kind of uh, build out our strategy around our donation, our corporate, uh, basically our corporate giving. So those are things mm-hmm. that are, are currently in the works. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, uh, typically we, we tend to work 
very closely with the local officials here within the Bronx to figure out where that need is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we don't be planned uh, events around that. And, and the merchants do similar. You know, mm-hmm. Normally it's a, a local official that we're working closely with, to, to, with our, with, with, for corporate and then one thing when I think of Hunts Point, especially in the wake of Hurricane Sandy, I, I think there's a big emphasis on resiliency planning and like, like ensuring that this was a organization that was uh, sustainable to threat, like environmental threats. Can you speak a little bit to, to what, like how that influences work at, at the produce market? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Uh, so, we are just slightly out of the floodplain, but uh, that helps us in some sense. But if there was a flood, our electrical grid is also loca- located at street level. Mm-hmm. So we have worked on uh, some upgrades, not, not necessarily directly to the electrical grid, but some upgrades that would keep us uh, going. So for instance, uh, the rail platform. If we knew there was an incoming storm, we may get more rail cars, or uh, vice versa. We get uh, truck uh, trail, you know, tractor trailers coming in, so we may store things differently. So, on a, a long-term strategic plan, knowing that our, our facility is aged or has aged uh, since '67, mm-hmm. you know, so we, you know, those are some of the things that we look around. So we've done some upgrades, but we obviously have to do uh, more. But in the event that uh, there is something incoming, we would plan around that strategically based on the resources that we currently have. So then are there innovations that you see at other maybe newer markets that you'd like to bring to the Bronx? Like to, yeah, to I, Hunts Point? I think other markets, we all have similar challenges. You know, mm-hmm. actually we, there's a group of us, uh, you know, uh, the National Association of Produce Market Managers, and we all share ideas. And, you know, from those meetings, I gather that uh, we all have our unique challenges, but we all have similar challenges. Mm-hmm. So uh, for us uh, here, we would, we would like a newer market, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we're working very closely with our, 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 our partners to figure out what that, you know, what that would look for, look like for us in the future. Mm-hmm. So that, those are some of the things that we're, we're working towards and would like to work towards. And again, like kind of turning to how policy influences your work, are there, what are particular like state policies or federal policies or or more local at the municipal level that uh, you feel like directly impact the operation side at Hunts Point Produce Market or or just food generally in the region? Well, for policy-wide, I would, you know, I I definitely, uh, the strategic push for us is definitely to broaden our reach, you know, Mm -hmm. um, outside, you know, as I said, we Within a, within a 50 mile radius, we do a, a lot of work, but also uh, we would like to work uh, closely with our um, the US, uh, you know, New York State Agriculture to figure out how we could broaden our reach here. Uh, some of the conversations that we have had uh, most recently on, on, on a committee meeting is how we could get uh, you know, the, the businesses or the farms that are uh, uh, more upstate Downstate, mm-hmm. you know, and that's more of a logistics. So we work, we're working to work closely with uh, those partners to try to figure out how we could, uh, you know, um, strengthen, uh, uh, you know, uh, say for instance, uh, you know, uh, how much uh, produce, uh, uh, New York grown produce that comes out of the market, you know, 
So those are some of the things that's the future things that we have to work on. And those are all tied. Yes, they're tied to policy, but on the oper- operations side and also on the merchant side, they're tied to logistics you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and seasonality too. You know, it's um, you know, the growing season is different in New York and or the, the tri-state area versus other areas. So it's a, it's a delicate balance, but the merchants, oh. uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's their expertise, you know. And so, but why is that a challenge? Because I imagine you guys have food coming in from all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. Into the market. So why why is it a challenge to get more uh, goods from upstate into the market when I imagine there's like, that's a relatively small distance compared to if you are importing, I, right? You, 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 you could be importing fruits or something from mm-hmm. South America or vegetables from another part of the world. Is that correct? Correct, correct. And I, and I must say I'm on the operations side. And I know the merchants do this a lot. This okay. is what they do. That's their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I've gathered is the, the growing season affects it. Uh, <laughs> the distance sometimes affects it. Like, for instance, uh, we had a conversation around strawberries, just getting them down, uh, the time to pick and the time to truck it down, say, the, the, the hours down here. It, that's that's uh, And also, uh, the other thing I've heard from the farms is that they, they also have labor issues or, you know, um, how they, you know, so those are multiple factors here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does affect, uh, you know, the food coming down downstate. What about, I, I think we touched on this, but I just want to come back to it for a second. The, like, are there any particular Bronx-based benefits for to buy from the market, like discounts or subsidies or vouchers or special shopping hours uh, for, for small businesses in the Bronx or uh, uh, vendors in the Bronx? You know, you know, you know, you know, as you said earlier, um, you know, any any uh, customer could come through the market and buy. But to answer your question directly, uh, I don't know of any um, such incentives now. But we are working. You know, we're we're trying to broaden our reach, our, our strategic reach here. Uh, you know, to see if uh, that could be something. If it's not a part of uh, our model now, you know, it could be a part of our model in the future. Okay. All right. I think, you know, Philip, I think I've, I've gotten through my questions. Uh, I, I really appreciate you you joining us today. Um, and we look forward to learning more about your work and food nexus that exists in Hunts Point is, yes. is fascinating. And uh, I hope to continue to learn more about it. Thank you. On behalf of us here, the board, PR committee, thank you, um, Alex. I appreciate being on. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Healthy Bronx Podcast. Special thank you to Dr. William Jordan for help formulating questions for this episode. We look forward to more episodes on food and sustainability in the Bronx in the future, and I hope that you keep listening. Thank you.